the hell is that? Oh, just, sorry, my bad. I forgot what week it was. Hate week comes usually just once a year, but we are lucky enough to have it twice a year. And I, I think I said this exact same thing the first time around, but at the beginning of the week, I was feeling like, okay, yeah, it's OU. You know, we just lost to Maryland, but we're kind of like, we beat USC, you know, whatever, TC, we're doing fine. And then, it, like, Wednesday, like today, I it hit me. I was like, okay, let's let's, let's do this. I want to put a helmet on and run through that tunnel and, like, freak out. So I'm very yeah. ready. Tomorrow's tomorrow's usually that day where you start kind of scrolling through Twitter and seeing like pop up videos, yes, mm-hmm. and all that, and then it's kind of gets you to the goosebumps. But so far, it's been all this like upside, you know, the horns down crap that's been getting yeah. me all amped up. So stupid, which is ridiculous. I think it, they should be allowed to do whatever they want, flip off the crowd, do whatever they need to do. But you can uh, tell how stupid a fan is if they're blaming this on Herman because like he complained. It's like it, that's been a rule forever. They've just never enforced it. Yeah. So, but anywho, um, I, I, it's championship week. It's championship we're, doing an, we're doing an episode. This is the first time in Bears and Steers history that we're doing an episode about our game on championship week. Um, the previous seasons for all those loyal, loyal listeners, Web, um, <laughs> you know, they know that we never had a chance to do something like this. So this is exciting. This, extra is, episode. Uh, this is fun. This makes me really kind of... Uh, I'm glad that we keep on we keep up with this, and we do that mostly because of you guys. Thanks again for buying T-shirts. We got a few more. We went out uh, in Houston this past weekend, but we actually still got some extra. I'm looking at them right now. It looks like I got about ooh, oh shit. It looks like I got like 15 or so left. So please text me if you want one. If you're coming up to Dallas this weekend, I'll get it to you sometime this weekend. Send pics if you got if your koozies uh, and T-shirts. You got them on. Shout out to CMO. She's doing a good job on the Instagram. DM them to the Instagram. Text them to us. I don't really care. Just send in pictures. Shout out Thomas Rochelle. We are officially worldwide on two continents. International, baby. International. Uh, Mr. International. Uh, Also, shout out. I don't know if we did this a few weeks ago, but Patrick Dowell. uh, If you do not know who he is, he is a current senior and a handler for Bevo uh, for the Silver Spurs. And he wore a shirt underneath uh, underneath his gear on the field. And took a picture on the field uh, with a shirt on. That was really cool. So shout out both of them. That, those have been, I think, my two favorite uh, DM picks yet. So please keep on sending those in. Um, yeah, voice- especially this weekend. This weekend with being champions. Oh yeah. Please send. Uh, you know, everyone wear your stuff. Whether or not you're going to the game, um, wear it to the bars, wear whatever you're, whatever you're doing for the 11 a.m. kickoff. Please wear the stuff and let us know if you want any more gear. We got plenty of it. So. Um, it makes it more. It's a lot more worth it for us when we see pictures like that from from Dow and and uh, Thomas. So we appreciate that. Yep. No. Hundred percent. And we want to keep on doing that. Make y'all happy. Make y'all uh, and let y'all know how appreciative we are of all the support that we've been given um, over the past couple I, of years. So I can't wait for the day where we're just like driving down the road and some random person's wearing the shirt. That's it's gonna, gonna be awesome. Just, it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Just wait. I'm gonna veer off the road from freaking out or something. Yeah, we'll probably get in a wreck. But okay. All right. Well, let's 
only one way to get us started, John. What do you got? Well, oh, yes, the beer of the week, the most important thing. Uh, this week we are changing it up. We, I think, exhausted all the beers with Wild Acre Brewery. We love Wild Acre. Those guys are awesome. But we've we've talked about all their beers. We've loved every single one of them too much. So we got yes. to go to another one. Give them a try. Follow them on Instagram. Let's I'm actually going to give John some of the beer that they gave us this past this upcoming weekend. Yeah. So he's finally going to get some of the the. the I get a benefit of this, like the, the perks of having a, a sponsor. Yeah, you get you wow. get a koozie and a hat, and I'll 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 give you some. Uh, I'll give you half of what they gave us. But Petty's been drinking some of it. But all right, what what's the beer of the week? Okay, we're going down to San Antonio this week. Shout out Thomas Rochelle Wee. and uh, Truman Biggs. But we're going with Freetail Brewing Company. Oh, that's, um, that's good. Uh, we did a few of their beers when uh, in our first season um, when we were both in Austin. But this beer we did not do. But we're going with the Rye Wit, which is a Belgian-style wheat. Um, so give it a try. These guys are actually all over the state of Texas. Um, so they've been around a little bit longer than Wild Acre. Uh, um, so keep an eye out. They have a big red. Uh, it's like a big bat. bat. Yeah. Bat? Yeah. yeah on, their, bat. on their cans. So keep an eye out for them. Give them a try. Uh, follow them on Instagram. They have a pretty good page. So, yeah, give them a follow. Uh, moving forward, I, I have a couple of people have asked me, like, what we're going to think of be doing in terms of other episodes. Uh, we're going to have at least one more um, a, you know, a bowl preview and I kind of, we've been talking about maybe doing a very fan interactive, some type of live stream or everybody leaves lots of voicemails during, before bowl season gets really ramped up, which I think would be hilarious and everyone would love. So keep an eye out on that. I know we had mentioned we were thinking about doing a live podcast this Friday. Unfortunately, that just doesn't work out with everyone's schedules and getting everyone from out of town and nobody wants to go to Fort Worth. Sorry, Fort Worth, but nobody really... Would. I was all for it. I thought it was going to be a good idea, but it is tough to get everyone over there. So. Yeah, and I, I get that. We'll, we'll eventually figure this out one day, um, but please don't hold your breath. But all right, yeah, we... We, uh, sent out, we sent out that survey monkey and didn't get a very good response from yeah, anybody, so no, it's just right. no bueno. It's okay. But uh, all right, anyways, let's get into... We played a game this past week. I at the time before, it seemed pretty insignificant, but uh, during the game, it made itself pretty significant. And of course. I think every Texas fan was a little bit worried from two years ago having a little PTSD. But hey, well, we said it last week. I mean, if you listen, I don't want to say we were right, but we were right. It was oh, like we're right. we're right all the time. You know mm, that. Debatable, but we we had said like Lawrence, Kansas. It you John put it perfectly. It feels like a high school game, and it's t- hard to get amped up for it, and especially when it's a senior day. Their coach is their last coach. Like he's got fired. They already f- hired a new coach. Like they already got a new girlfriend who's way hotter and won the national championship. So it was funky. Nice that was nice. Thank you. It was funky going into it, and I don't know. It was a weird, weird start. Kind of with the penalty, the kickoff. That, that's what I mean. I was like, "Fuck, we're you know we're we're not mentally into this yet." That was such a dicker thing to do. Anyone who's watched the game with me knows I'm not a fan of Dicker. Still, <laughs> obviously, you've been hating on him all year. I will give you that. You have not. Obviously, like... he did the most important thing this year, which is beat OU. That's again. But God, that kid is so annoying. He just likes to screw around <laughs> when it's like not important to screw around. And he just does it. But uh, yeah, and then start. he did it again. <laughs> yeah, he did it again. I will say the wind was going to the okay, left on yes. the screen. So. I wish they would have shown. I mean, it's Kansas. They probably don't know what a flag is. But like, I wish they would have shown like some flags or something. Because I was like, immediately, I was like, okay, the kick went out. Like 
they're talking about, oh, it's kind of windy, but we had the ESPN, like, D-plus team, so who knows. It was Fox Sports, like, Fox, C-team. whatever, the Fox D-team. And, uh, the yeah, and then the punter comes out and looks like Michael Dixon. And I was like, there's no <laughs> way that punter is that good. And Sam starts, the throws start going all over the place. He's sailing him when we got the win, and he's, like, putting him off the mark when we were going against the win. I was like, okay, this really – that's got to be messing up. And their quarterback was doing the same thing, and their kicker was doing the same thing. I think it was a little more of a factor. Did than... you see the uh, the flag, the Texas flag that got put up for the Kansas yes. State flag? Yes, that was awesome. That was pretty cool. The Texas State flag got put up next to the Kansas State flag on the like the highest part of their campus. State of Texas flag, not Texas State. That's just for those who are not understanding what, what we're talking about. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah, no, yeah they don't, they don't, someone put the a bobcat, bobcat flag. flag. Yeah, got put up there. <laughs> Shout out Jake Spavadol. You just got hired. Congrats, bro. Uh, yeah, no, it, you're right. The, the wind seemed kind of weird. I mean, it, it, um, I think we made was it, it wasn't a three now. Did they get a first down on their first drive? Or was it? Uh, was it three they might have, but yeah, it wasn't more than like six plays or so. And yeah, and their in their third down play, I remember there was like a pass out to the flat on the right to one of their better wide receivers. He just like dropped it. I was like, oh, here we go. Kansas is gonna Kansas this thing and just scrub it up and can't even like put plays together. And then we went went down and scored seven on a nice drive. And it just from then on, it was not convincing. And it was just unfortunate. And it was the most Kansas our away game at Kansas game possible because. Just find a way to survive and win, and then that's exactly what we did. Yeah, no, and the officiating was so Big 12, it was unbelievable. I think they had like eight penalties against them in the first half. And I, I someone tweeted out a link to the Kansas radio guys, and they were freaking out every time they got a penalty call, like calling it, you know, like they're trying to make sure Texas gets in the Big 12. But in the second half, they were absolutely awful. I mean, the onside kick when they just didn't even review it. And I was like, well, Beck, I think, had possession underneath there. But all right, let's yeah. not review it. Or Brewer, excuse me. But, yeah, going into that first half, yeah, the first drive, I was like, okay, if Shane is – or Sam's not 100%, should we go with Shane? Is it worth risking? You know, do you really want to mortgage the possible Big 12 championship on Sam being hurt getting or getting re-hurt? Like, okay, let's see how this goes. And then he throws that pass to Colin Johnson. I was like, okay, he's fine. He's healthy. We're not going to run him that much. We're fine. And then he throws the pick. He throws a couple other balls. He misses Beck wide open in the end zone for, like, the fifth time this season. And I was starting to, like, okay, wait. Are we going to put Shane in the second half? I honestly thought that because he looked so off. I couldn't tell what it was. That throw over, like, through the middle that he cannot complete drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. He finally did it, I think, in the second half. But – there's been three or four touchdowns that he could have had if he could just complete that pass. And if maybe this week is the week that it's, you know, finally gets done. I mean, but, he missed it against OU the first game, so let's hope yeah. so. Uh, but circling, circling back to the refs, so one thing that, I mean, I'm kind of thinking about, I know there was, they missed one on Chris Boyd on a pass interference that was, we should have had a fight against yes, us. But yeah. A lot of the, I mean, people, I mean, we're a lot more athletic team, so we were forcing them to do things that they're not comfortable doing which caused a lot of those flags. So, yeah, Kansas can make those allegations. The auditors trying to get Texas in the Big 12 championship. But, shit, when you have guys that are a lot more athletic, I mean, you got to penalize. you get you got to, like, hold or, you know, interfere a lot more than you think. So, I remember multiple times in the first half where flags came out, it was just clear that we were the more athletic team, but we yeah. couldn't convert. So. No, you're 100% right. They're, I mean, they're obviously their skill guys can't compete with ours. But at, at – 
the little things that you said it just didn't come together. Like we were six of fifteen on third downs; they were nine of nineteen. Uh, that's not good, both ways. Uh, that numbers are completely incorrect. You know it, what they shouldn't be. And the whole just going back to Sam's picks, like I I don't know what he was. I mean, he should have had another one too. That Deneen, that like all white boy who was just all over the place linebacker the entire time. I, the first, or sorry, the second one was ten times worse. I thought, yeah. but I don't know how he didn't see that linebacker like sneaking around on the second one. I mean, he stared um, him down like literally was staring right at him the whole time. Yeah, I, we, he he didn't look comfortable. No, and looking, I guess, watching routes, and I would love to know why that was. Maybe he didn't practice enough during the week, or maybe we were hiding, doing stuff we weren't normally doing. But credit. Credit the uh, Kansas defensive line for a little bit and making yeah. Sam uncomfortable. No, hundred percent. They did a good job, but I do think you you, you make a little a, a good point in that we didn't show we showed little of our like true offense. It was pretty vanilla. Yeah. Uh, that you know I don't think Ellinger had one like true designed run. I can't think of one going back into it. So uh, I, it sucks watching that type of play, and I get it, and it's like that's how Herman does and like he kind of lives on the edge and you kind of die by it but man that was such so frustrating to watch on offense and then on defense it's like you shut him down until what going the fir- fourth yeah, play we, of the they were shut out. first play of the fourth yep they were shut out in the hole and then Puka found a way to get away from us in the very first play of the fourth that is so like typical of us this year to give up a lot of points in the fourth quarter yeah, um, no, 100%. That was so frustrating to watch. Why can't we freaking catch the ball like on defense? Oh my, my God, God, PJ. Obviously, PJ, Shark had a great play. PJ's drop of an INT was so bad. That was just one of those, like, okay, you've got to get out of here, man. Like, there, we have so many better athletes waiting, to, but for some reason, Orlando is married to you and Anthony Wheeler and some weird poly- polygamous like, relationship that he's not going to bench either wow. of you. Uh, yeah, that's a big word. Uh, but thank God, uh, Shark made up for the loss of Gary. Gary suspended. I think that was announced like the day of or the morning of. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Which was weird because he traveled with the team. Uh, I don't know what happened. It was. There's nothing you can do in Kansas to get suspended. Like, what the hell could he have done? Uh, they said it was because he missed some team stuff, and I saw some stories that. He had a few uh, personal events that might have uh, forced him to miss him. Anywho. But, but Shark made up for his play big time. That interception pretty much erased Ellinger's terrible, awful pick. And yeah. watching him like, run down the sideline, you could tell he was gassed. Watching defensive players like run when they're gassed, they're not used to like sprinting that far down the field is always hilarious. Yeah, I really wanted him to score on that. He mean, what, returned it like 70 yards? But... It was something like that. I mean, it was a long ways, at least 50. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's just like find a way to win. You know, that's yeah. that's the best way to put it. What's the word on B. Jones? That was a pretty ugly hit. Yeah, that was not good. He was 100% concu- concussed. It looks like he's going to go. I mean, that's just the type of player he is. He's going to go no matter what, um, especially with a injury like that where it's, you know, he's really not – it's not like it's hindering his ankle, like his ankle injury or something along those lines. But I did see that 
Herman was like, yeah, it, we got open tryouts for punt return, and it's not going to be Brandon, which it should have been all year long. But whatever. I, I, I think he's going to play no matter what. Uh, and Sam, I'm still worried about his injury. I need to see it. I need to see him run the ball. I need to see him throw better. Hopefully, you know, in the dome. I don't no way it's going to be open. I doubt it is. Uh, those good you know, quarterback conditions. Hopefully he can be a reminiscent of the last Texas quarterback to play in there and uh, play that well. And he won't have to be going up against Indomitian Sue, so that's going to help. But I, I'm still worried about Sam's shoulder. I, I, I need to be convinced. But. Should we uh, hit on a little good and bad here and there um, before jumping into the most important game of the year? Yeah, let's do it. What do you got first? Um... <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really have anyone down. I, I just I couldn't think of one that was decent. Uh, I guess I'll steal yours that we already talked about. Um, Shark. He had to step in for Gary uh, being out, which was I think we finally saw him get comfortable on the field, and I think that's a product of him getting more uh, more uh, reps throughout this year. But he was actually, you know, for the most part, not lost. Um, and he was able to get outside and make a few tackles on Puka as well. Um, credit Hager and Charles for forcing Puka outside, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously Sharks' highlight play was the interception, which may have sealed the game. Um, but yeah, I think this was a much improved Shark that we needed to see, and I think it's a huge step for him for for next year as he's probably going to be starting. So yeah, he definitely filled in uh, for Gary, doing a great job. I mean, first off, that Puka Williams is pretty damn good. I know it's like. Stats didn't show up as well. I mean, never mind. I take that back. He was averaging six and a half yards to carry. But you take out that one long run, and it kind of takes away from everything. But still, he is very shifty, and he's kind of like that. Got that like Lashawn McCoy kind of dance around, let the lanes get all clogged up, bounce it outside for twenty. Uh, yeah, that one play where he was, of course, PJ didn't wrap up, but mm-hmm. he pretty much got him down to like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's almost looked like his elbow went down, but he bounced up and then reverse field and almost busted it for a big play. Yeah, that was crazy. That was 50. I was kind of pissed they didn't review that because it looked like his knee was down, but Big yeah. 12 going to Big 12. Uh, all right, going on to the next good, uh, go to the offense um, per usual. You can guess where I'm going, but right tackle, Sam Cosme had another really good day where pretty much everyone else on the O-line kind of struggled. Uh, that What's that God, nose tackle for – Deneen or something. Yeah, I don't know. He had a good game. That guy was just bitching Shackelford and Erod and Vahe all all game. But Cosme did a good job of shutting down their DNs all day long. I just saw one play where he kind of got worked. But other than that, he did a good job picking up blitzes as well. His mental game, I don't know if it's his communication or what. I can't tell. But he is very strong in that, and it's never anything busted. He knows exactly where it's coming and what the play is and what he needs to be doing. That's what's really going like, to kind of like separate him from everyone else on the O-line. And seeing him next year at left tackle is going to be fun to watch, hopefully for another two years. Um, Trying to, I don't even, I'm gonna let you take the other good you wrote on here. I don't want to say it. Well, I, yeah, yeah, you're not a fan of Chris Boyd, but I thought he played a pretty. I don't hate him. I don't hate him like everyone else does. <laughs> I really don't, but I just don't think he had that good of a game. 
I thought he had a pretty good, pretty good game. That Sims is a, is a solid possession receiver, and he was Dude, limited. The quarterback could not make a pass over 15 okay. yards. Yes, that's true. But still, he had five catches and only 13 yards, and he had a couple really good pass breakups. Yeah, he got away with that one. Uh, hold, hold pass interference. What do you want to call it? But he played well, and the reason that I thought he played well is because he wasn't doing the stupid mental shit that he normally does. He was staying in his lane, like he was staying like within himself, not trying to do anything crazy, just sticking on his receiver. And that's what, like, that's how he should play. I don't know how long it's, like, how many years we've had to wait until he kind of plays that type of mental game. I don't care if he's stoned. I don't know what he was doing, but he's doing it right. And that's what I'm going to be watching for on Saturday. Obviously, we'll get into the OU offense coming up. But Yeah, he's facing, like, two of the best receivers in the nation now, so he needs to step up. Yeah, and exactly. Scrub. Not do his mental, like, shit the bad type plays where he just not be the typical Chris boy that we're used to double Wait, side note before we jump into the bads here um two guys that um no I guess he's only played three but so guys that have played three or four games that would be close to burning a red shirt oh, um yeah. randomly Ayadola you know whatever the fuck his name is Ayadola no one knows how to pronounce he's played three games now I don't remember him playing in the Kansas game, but he did. He, um, yeah, no, he, he's on, he got a penalty on kickoff. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah, no, I mean. So, he probably won't play again. I mean, there's no point of even risking that fourth. I don't know, man. Game. I would not be surprised if he did play again. So, you can play four games, correct? You can play four, four games. It's the fifth yeah. game. Okay. So, yeah, he's, he's on the fringe, kind of, and then. Kyle Porter's on four, but he's not. He's obviously redshirting. He's not playing. Um, and then John Burt's at three. And then there's a few guys who are at two. But yeah, so John Burt, Kyle Porter, and I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the guy's name again. We gotta think of a, a like a cool nickname for him, like Double A or something. For wait, for who? Oh, Adeli. 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 Oh, I didn't even realize Keandre Coburn played too. All right, we're off topic. But, no, no, uh, I think no, I think this is a good conversation because it's it's right. Like, I mean, uh, Shackelford technically, oh uh, yeah, he like burned his. Like, and they were thinking about shutting his. Like guys like that, you know. Yeah, Malcolm burned his. Right. So Adele's one game away. And it looks like Delhi's the only guy who's one game away. Oh no, Delhi. Yeah. So no, oh, no, he's two games away. So. Yeah, so, I mean, Kyle Porter's not going to play. No. Shazam but. and Okafor and Shane. <laughs> Shane, that's pretty funny. Hey, don't talk uh, shit about Shane. All right, so let's talk about a few bads. Um, I'll let you go ahead. As always, linebacker play was absolutely terrible from Wheeler. <laughs> I mean, he is so slow. And Puka Williams is tiny and so much faster than him. I mean, as soon as he broke, if he broke to the sideline side, of, or sorry, to the sideline on Wheeler's side, like it was an easy five yards because you know he can't catch up to him. And usually that's the side that PJ's on. And that's not happening. Uh, he's just so slow to reach that edge. And Kyler and Lincoln have got to be salivating. Watching our linebacker play over the second half of the season, especially just against the run, not even against the pass. We're we're not even going there. 
but just against the run, especially breaking them the outside, not filling your lanes, and then even over pursuing on sometimes is just so mind boggling, and it makes you miss. Like they had like some some guys on Twitter like who if you could bring back one player on uh, for this game, like who would it be? And I was I was like Derek Johnson, like ten times out of ten, I'm picking a linebacker because it's been that bad. I don't know what to do. I can't watch it anymore. That's why. That's why I think we're gonna burn Delhi's Richard because I mean, he he's at least faster. He may not be know what's going on, but it's gonna yeah. happen. That's something to definitely look out for for sure. But with Gary coming back, that's hopefully will be a solidified. That's true. Improve. That is a good. Well, point. see, Gary had a great game versus OU first time around. Yeah, that is very true. He had an awesome game, and this is kind of. The style of play that OU runs is very conducive to you know his style of play. The quick, like uh, need to get there quickly, sure tackling that type of stuff, rather than the bully you over kind of run straight at you uh, style of offense. It'll be interesting if they put BJ. We won't get to our OU conversations yet, but um, my bad. It's pretty obvious we've already hit on it, Sam. I think it was probably his worst game. Eh, Maryland. It's kind of no, like comparable. that was. I think that was his worst game by far. Yeah, so I go with Sam, and it's unfortunate. I don't know if he was all there, or if he just was, uh, you know, rough, rough. Excuse me, rough week at practice. Um, but yeah, it just was a disappointing game, and I think you kind of hit it on the nail, or right on the nail earlier. But it was like, why? Once you started him, you couldn't pull him out because of what the media. Like flood. No, I agree. Yes, a hundred percent. And the yeah, mental yeah. thing for the team too. Like you got the yep. mojo going. You don't want to. You, yep. you don't mess with mojo. Yep. So it was unfortunate to see some of the, the just bad throws and it's mental mistakes again. But good thing get it out of a system and <laughs> get back to what we were doing um, a few weeks ago. Now is it's it's go time. So. Yeah, um, the the one thing that I did see from that I liked was the Mendel. He didn't like let it get to him at all. He was still calm and cool, like he always is. That was the only positive I could take from his performance. Yeah, he was sitting on the sidelines. Whoa, excuse me. Uh, still uh, laughing and having a good time, or smiling and exactly uh, walking around and, and talking to all the guys. So um, it's good. To, he's such a good leader at such a being a sophomore so all right that's 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 it for kansas it was an ugly game it doesn't matter we won we're in the big 12 championship we got much bigger fish to fry but first survive and win survive and win survive and advance baby the this is we only got one voicemail i i don't know how to describe it so i'm I, i'm just gonna play it. it's not very long oh howdy boys first time caller long time listener it ain't pretty up to this point, but we're going to get the win in the B-12 championship. That's all i got to say. Listen to you next week. Adios. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better myself, and I think most people are going to figure out who that is. But, uh, uh, old Man Furs. Yeah, that was Old Man Furs Roberts. But uh, we had tonight or today, if you're listening, or Wednesday, if you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, uh, they announced the Big 12, um, what was it, first and second team as well as, well as a couple honorable of mention. players and a couple of, and the honorable mentions. Uh, Don't forget about those guys. I think the biggest surprise to me was Charles Amenahu won uh, 
D lineman of the year. I was is there like, nobody else? Like that's my reaction. Dude, is there nobody else? Benogu's pretty solid for TCU. I think he's gonna win. I think he actually. I think he might have won Defensive Player of the Year or of the conference. But, Who won? Did Did Puna Ford win Defensive Line of the Year last year? Yeah, he did. Golly, two in a row. That's pretty surprising. Okaraka Woo. Yeah, that's right. I can say it. Uh, won Defensive Player of the Year, and he won Defensive Lineman of the Year last year. But and then Caden Stearns, Freshman Defensive Player of the Year. That was awesome. Even though he's kind of had a little bit of a slow second half of the season, he's still. I, I think that's very worthy. Um, Andrew Shout Beck out to Zach Maffridge on that call. Yeah, that uh, young Earl Thomas. Very true. He was one hundred percent on that before us. I think my uh, my Thorpe Award finalist take uh, from earlier in the year may not come to fruition, but. Maybe I'll save that one for next year, which... I don't even think he's on the list. No, he's not, but it's okay. Uh, my heart was in the right place. Back, Andrew Beck, first team, uh, all Big 12, 100% deserve it. So weird to think, like, he's the last of the, the Mac guys. And uh, I remember talking to him when he was, like, the summer going into, like, freshman year, and he was like, yeah, like, you could tell. He was like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not going to play. This is when he's still a linebacker. And what he's transformed to, and now he's just such a vital part to this offense. Uh, he had a great game on Kansas, too, doing a good job blocking. So, very pumped for him. Probably the most deserving guy, I think, on the team in terms of what award recognition that he can get. So, expect for him to ball the hell out this weekend because he's probably not going to the NFL. If he is, it's going to be questionable, you know, invited to camp, maybe. So this is yeah. this is his last um, hoorah, as you should, as we could say. Uh, yeah, two of the surprising things were, I guess, CJ and LJH not getting any credit yeah, at all. What the uh, hell? Uh, hopefully that gets a little chip on their shoulder. I so. think it might. Uh, and then Zach Shackford was the first uh, or second, sorry, second team, um, Big Twelve all team. Uh, that was a little surprising to me. I think Shaq's had a a solid second half of the season, but his first the first six games, I think he was still struggling a little bit. I know his ankles weren't 100% healthy, um, and he obviously missed, what was it, three games, right? So, Something like that. And he was the only center to be on either first or second team, which I thought was kind of interesting. I feel like there's always some good stud centers in the Big 12, but... That that's pretty much it for the uh, and then obviously tons of honorable mentions. I, I do you have those? I don't. Don't worry about it. There was a bunch of them. I and saw Calvin Anderson and Trey Watson, which is good. Shit, that's that is good for recruiting. I think Rodriguez was on there too. Really, hmm. but show that like show Texas. this how good of a season those two guys have had to potential and Gary two potential JUCO guys in a season where we just need like one or two plug and play guys. Juco, you guys that can fill that, that's awesome. Right. All right. Well, let's get into it. Here we it. go. Here we go. Does everyone need to, like, um, you know, kind of slap themselves in the face? Here, we'll do it. Right. No, seriously. Let's God. do it. All right, ready? Here we go. So, here we go. Fuck. We're talking about OU, second time this season. I slapped um, the glasses off my head. I just want that to be known. <laughs> did you break your glasses? No, or... I didn't, but I thought I did. Idiot. Um, so, I just want to let it be known. When we were at the Old Mill Inn, Inn right? It's yes. Inn. After the wonderful game back in October, early October, where I was sunburned and just exhausted. Got a free corny dog from Rubenstein. Thank you, Ruby. Yeah, shout out Ruby. That was a great call. Thanks for that. I did not get one, but whatever. <laughs> Support Beards and Steers. 
Um, I remember sitting next to you and a nice Coors or Bud Light or whatever the hell we were drinking, and you said, we're going to face that team again in December. And I was like, just devastated to hear that, but you called it. And here we are uh, two months down the road, and I didn't think it would play out the way it did in terms of the games we lost and the games that we won. Um, it never does. But here, but here we are, and they took down took down West Virginia on the road, which is very impressive. That game was crazy. It was kind of stupid, but when, that's in the past. Yeah. But here we are, <laughs> going to Jerry World, and this is the exact same thing that you and I called when they announced last year that it was going to be a Big Twelve game that everyone thought it was like, wow, there's a chance that OU and Texas will play twice, and here it is. This is exactly what the Big Twelve wanted to have happen, and it's it's here. So. Oh, that was my little quick rant. I'll let you go for a yeah. Go now. No, the first thing I thought, I was like, you know what? I was like, God, I was like, I honestly, I was telling people, I was like, I don't think they've ever played twice before. I was like, oh, that's probably not true, but. 1901 and 1903. Yeah, and I go, you know what? I bet I can find this in one place. And went immediately to Tim Taylor's Twitter. <laughs> if you do not know Tim Taylor, he is basically the Texas football historian. And I am not joking. Texas sports historian. Texas sports, yeah. I'm not joking. He had tweeted out the exact answer that I was looking for five minutes before I I looked, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I'm this is scary." That he knew exactly the, when to tweet this out. But yeah, 1901, 1903 were the first time, um, or sorry, was the, the last time. time. Yeah, in one year, and the first time meeting outside the cop. What did you say? Oh, 1923 at Clark Field. So yeah, this is, really? yeah, so funny little story here. The uh, Last season, before we ever played in DKR, we played at Clark Field, um, and we, I guess that was the last time we played OU outside the Cotton Bowl. So, hmm. talk about a weird experience for fan bases, for players, for, I mean, just in general, uh, OU has always gone one way. You wake up, tired, hungover in some circumstances, you slug down a corn dog and a beer and a wax cup, and you go stand and get sunburned for... Yep four hours and now here we are in december i don't know what the weather is up there i hope it's not cold it's gonna be perfect and we are gonna be inside of the stadium i don't know what the seating is gonna be like i assume there's gonna be a vast majority of ou on one side and texas on the other but it's gonna be sprinkled a lot all over um yeah and I, i'm interested to see what the environment will be like i know i am too of, i i i don't i hate jerry world for college games it's the exact opposite of what a college game should be and that's just so manufactured and it feels so fake and so just i don't know i don't like it and also we that lsu game or ucla game a few years ago was absolutely awful but anyways but the nebraska game turned that out nebraska well. game yeah that ended up pretty good kind of but the there was, there was one second on the clock by the way it's there was one second on the clock it hit that little pylon thing but still <laughs> the <laughs> I still remember such side note. I still remember like watching the refs run out of that game, and from like the opposite side of the stadium, this guy stands up from the top section. I'm dead serious, like the top section, and he's like on the top section in the corner, and the refs are running at, to their locker room in the corner <laughs> that he ends up. And I swear to God, I see him raise up from the top section with a beer, chuck it, and it hit one of the refs square in the face like it was un i swear to like i can see it pictured like you could see the beer coming out of it as it was tumbling through the air and it hit one of them square in the face i can see it clear as day in my head right now 
And so it was, the guy had to go back out there, right? No, this is this is after. This was like the very end. Oh, so I have to wait. Oh, a Nebraska fan? Yeah, Nebraska fan did. Sorry. Oh, okay. I Sorry. It was a Texas fan. No, okay. no, it was on the opposite side of the stadium. So it was a Nebraska guy. It was one yeah. of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So I remember from that game, just now we're off on this tirade here, that it was so quiet and so like spaced out for a while. Yep. Until everyone realized like it was actually getting kind of serious. And I was actually in the upper deck at the start and I moved down to a box. Hashtag swag. Lavish. But it. <laughs> We, uh, I remember not watching the field goal. I couldn't do it. I just was like, I, this, this is devastating if he misses it, and I don't want to hear Nebraska fans cheer. But, yes, I would agree. I don't think it's the greatest environment for college football games. Um, it's all it's the picturesque NFL stadium. I mean, I think it's probably one of the nicer stadiums in the nation still, even though there's some newer ones. Um, but it's going to be a pretty cool environment being the first time that these two guys or two teams are facing each other outside of – the Cotton Bowl, and I think uh, 11 a.m. is just fitting. It's unfortunate. Um, I think that's going to take away a little bit of the environment, but I think it's fitting for how this rivalry has been for the last you know x, x amount of years. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be freaking crazy in there in terms of just people who should not be sitting next to each other. I think they should have like quadruple the security staff at this place because it could get very ugly very fast um no, no i agree and another thing is the ticket prices are absolutely awful uh, i don't think it's going to be like as packed as it should be which sucks but uh, i know there's some people that you can find you know if you call the university or you got a group you could get face value on some tickets but on like StubHub and all that stuff it is still ridiculously expensive so i don't think it's going to be that that crowded not as packed as it is it should be for Texas to be for the second time in the year. The yeah, that's unfortunate. It. I hope it's I hope it's more crowded than you're making it out to be. But I'm sure. What was that? 90,000 seat stadium, or what is it? Uh, yeah, it's like ninety. I think it, it depends. On, they have like, yeah, it's like ninety. But yeah, um, I'm sure there's ways to expand that number based on suites and standing area. But yeah, it's gonna be cool. Um, shout out to Zach Overby. Excuse me. Um, on your post in a group me, I don't know what group me that is. But that thing got me pumped up. If you are leaning on the fence right now, whether or not to go, just text around and try to find a ticket. I mean, this is an awesome game that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Ten I can years. speak. For, I can years. speak for Stewart and I because the whole whole college career, we yeah. never had a game like this. Yes. We we sat there and we we went to the games that we lost, and we went to the road games that we lost, and we always wanted to go to something like this. So if you're in college. Get your ass to the game. I don't care. You have no excuse. You're I, still, yeah, you if, know, you still have funding coming from other directions, so just go. If just you're in college, you, you have legitimately no excuse. I was talking to a, a senior in college today, and he said 90% of his friends were going. So I was like, Damn. I've heard the same. I've heard the same from I was like, that is awesome. Too, so. That's and the other thing is like, OU is like, this is, God, this is awful to say, but like, OU, this is like normal. Like, you know, like, oh, we get to go to the, jerry world like oh my god we get to see like you know like running water and stuff like that but like texas it's like it's <laughs> weird to think that this is not the norm like we have we are hungry dogs hungry dogs run faster type mentality that this has not happened in like three coaching chain three coaches ago blah blah blah, blah all that stuff so the texas fans are going to be in a much different state of mind in this new fresh environment compared to the OU guys. But 
All right, let's get into kind of the nitty gritty. Let's start. I'll let you talk about. I don't even want to talk about the guy. You let's start even, with you talk about him. Number one. Ugh. I'm getting mad saying this. Kyler Murray. Um, probably. Hey, respect, re- respect his game, but yeah. my God, I can't stand his attitude. Honestly, I'm putting him down as one of the most athletic, most freak. Like, it's close to one of the best college quarterbacks performances single season because that's the only time he's ever going to play. Uh, performances of all time. It is the numbers that he's putting up are ridiculous. His passing yards are, or his passing rating and his yards and everything are better than Baker's last year. It's still not better than Tua's, but it's still incredible what this kid is doing. How he runs and how he's able to put the ball pretty much wherever he wants is incredible, and he is a hell of an athlete. That being said, this kid is such a fucking pussy. And I don't think I've ever said this on my podcast, but I'm going to rip into this kid. He is such a... We'll we'll bleep that out. No, we're not. Fuck this kid. He's crying in his press conference. It's like, dude, learn how to lose. Like, I don't give a shit if you've only lost, like, two games since sixth grade. Like, figure it out. All right? You're 20 years old. Yeah, that's life. Figure it out. Exactly. Not commenting on Ellinger's game. Like, you literally have to say, like, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Like, that's all you got to say. Fuck this fucking kid. I swear to God, I'd never... Like really wished like ill will on an opposing player. I'm issuing, I'm officially issuing, issuing ill will on this kid. Fuck it. We both said we needed him to get hurt to win the game last time. It didn't happen, but without your your. I'll take wow. a shithead fucking interception to win it like last time. So let's yeah, get that was one that was very surprising. We need to okay. We'll get into how we win this game in a second. But yeah, I agree. I don't like the way he conducts himself. Um, uh, He's got a little swagger to him because he obviously is very good. Um, I just I don't want him to have a great game because I would hate for us to be the reason why he goes to get the Heisman. And I just don't want to hear OU fans talk about how they got back-to-back Heismans or whatever. So um, I think one guy that stands out to me on their team that we – I don't know we talked about this uh, way back when when we beat him, but uh, Calcaterra, their tight end who – we knocked out on the first drive. It looked like he had caught a touchdown on the very first drive, but he got knocked out of the game and actually dropped the ball. Um, I think it was I B. Jones. I think it was B. Jones, yeah. But I think that's something to keep an eye on, um, another threat that our linebackers are going to have to find a way to contain and cover um, that we just have not really proven to be able to do all year. Um, so he's also one of uh, Kyler Murray's one of like favorite target in the end zone. So – Keep an eye out for that guy, um, and let's see what kind of impact he has on the game now that he'll be playing and not be injured. Yeah, we've uh, we've kind of handled tight ends pretty well this season. Granted, we haven't played any really good ones, and he's probably the Correct. best guy we played, and he only played for, what, like five minutes? So, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Watch, I think he's number 80. He's pretty much a stud. Uh, also, of note for their offense, they're down to pretty much like their third and fourth string running backs now. Um, for Rodney Anderson obviously got hurt, and then I can't remember the other guy that got hurt as well. So they're pretty banged up on that front, but they still got Marquise Brown, Hollywood. That guy's an absolute freak and faster than any other guy on the field. Uh, and their offensive line has given up, I think, like the ninth least amount of sacks in, uh, in the nation or something absurd and tackles yeah, for losses and all that. 
their O line makes their running backs look a lot better than they actually are. Their O line yeah. is very impressive. Shout out to them for that. Yeah, that's. But, I think that's. I mean, Kyler's obviously really damn good, but their O line is what makes this offense click. I want to see somebody get into CD Lamb's head. I don't know if you remember when the Texas Tech game, CD Lamb had like two personal fouls on one play. Did he really? Yes, it was crazy. So he's a weak link. We need to go for him. Put Chris Get Boyd on him. Head. If Chris Boyd's like the like the mental wizard now, put him on there. I can't remember who we had on him. I that think it was Davis. But anyway, that guy's a mental case. Go after him. Get in his head. Let's like try to get some personal fouls on them because we need some breaks to go our way like we had in the last game where Kyler threw a pick or uh, what else happened that was kind of like an odd deal. Yeah, there. I mean, the we finally started getting to him in the second half a little bit in the yeah. third quarter at least uh getting him on the ground i think that kind of made a difference but uh, like going going to their defensive side of the ball they have been absolutely awful and they have a defense yeah in the month of november they have been terrible they have been at least in the high 90s if not high hundreds or low hundreds in every single defensive category that i looked at today opponent rushing yards around opponent and passing yards around a total yards around yards per play Third down conversions, red zone conversions. I mean, they're playing awful, awful football. This is after they fired the one of the dumber Stoops' brothers. So they didn't even have like their guys and like knowing what they were doing in the West Virginia game. There was yeah. multiple thirds and like twenties that West Virginia was able to convert because their guys weren't ready or didn't know who to cover. It's like, okay, what is this like? Eighth grade B team football here. Like, come on, this they, can't be that hard. In the month of November, they yeah, were. I was eighth grade B team, by the way. One hundred twentieth. They were one hundred twentieth in the nation and opponent third down conversion. Opponents were converting fifty three percent of their third downs uh, against them. That's pretty damn shitty. Um, the other thing that I've noticed in their second half is they've gotten a lot looser with the football. Uh, I think since we played them, or sorry, in the month of November. They were minus three in the turnover margin, and that's obviously including the two strip sacks they had against Greer last week. So they have found a way to get rid of the football and not take it back. So that's, I think, two, the third down, opponent third down completion, as well as uh, also in the red zone, they're very susceptible to giving up points uh, and percentage-wise. But the turnover margin... And the third down completion that have been trending downward for them are going to be huge for us in, in going into this. Hashtag stats. I got really bored at work today. You can obviously tell. So, should we talk about keys of the game before we give our predictions? I think um, one reason why they were able to win the game in West Virginia were those two strip sacks for touchdowns. We've got to avoid turnovers. Um, I can't remember if we had any in the game against them. Previously, did I don't think we did. I do not believe that we did. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, it's of utmost importance to keep Kyle off the field. I mean, that's how you win this game. We had you no turnovers. You almost got to find a way to steal a possession some way um, because you know Kyler's going to go get points almost every time. So, my keys um, take care of the football, and, and I mean, they're very obvious and kind of bland, but kind of force Kyler to make stupid mistakes and throw an interception here or there. He's not going to fumble the ball because he doesn't – I mean, he kind of slides like 50% of the time. But make him get uncomfortable like we did uh, previously and make him throw something to B. Jones, make him throw something out to uh, B.J. Foster. I don't know, just get something. And 
we've got to be able to steal points like they were able to do against West Virginia. And, and um, I'll let you give your keys before I give my prediction. So we're going to get a little nerdy, but since that they fired the dumb stoops, they have been gone to more of a four quarters look where they're dropping four safeties rather than the two. They were just dropping two, kind of playing two or single high man, uh, single high coverage with man underneath. Now they're playing the four with the man underneath, basically so that their corners don't get picked off, picked on as much. So that opens up a little bit more of the underneath stuff. So my basically my keys of the game, I really don't want to get a defensive keys. My defensive key, let's just say the D-line needs to play really well. How about that? Uh, offensively, look for stuff over the middle. Little jump from the Humphrey was uh, they couldn't cover him in the first game. He had over 130 yards. That needs to be the key as well. That keep him in, suck him into the into the middle, and then hit Colin and Dev and who else on the outside in between. When you get that single or the single um, corner on them manned up, or catch them in between the corner and the safety when they're playing zone, and we're really going to do some damage. And I pray to God that Sam's shoulder is 110. percent So that's my key to the game. I think prediction wise. Uh, time of possession is kind of one of those, like, you know, you can tell like 90% of who's going to win a basketball game by who um, has the most rebounds. I think time of possession is the biggest key to similar to that. I think anything above 35 minutes for us and we can win this game very, you know, handedly. Anything below that, I'm not confident at all. But... Having said that, I think Lil Jordan has 125 yards. Two touchdowns, we went 50 to 45. Let's go! 50-45, so take the over, folks. Yeah, what is the over? A 78. Wow. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we can keep up in a shootout with these guys. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I think. I think the Horns win this game. 45 35 Ooh. hashtag memories hashtag 08 for it's just I, I just have a weird feeling 45 35 we force Kyler into a few turnovers here and there um, and we learn how to finish a game in the fourth quarter and we don't let Kyler run across the field so there's my prediction 45 35 okay I like it uh, we can stick with that well there's actually some other um, games going on the rest of this weekend it's pretty <laughs> Pretty solid weekend for uh, college football all around. Um, let's start off with the the big, probably the best game of the weekend. Uh, Bama versus Georgia, 3 o'clock on CBS with Hayden Ask Gary. Um, Bama's the two-touchdown favorite, minus 14. I don't know what the over is. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't realize how good Georgia's offense has been, like, the second half of the season. They have been really, like, letting it all go out. And I can't name one guy on their offense besides, uh, what's his name, Eason. Or, God, what's that guy? From, sorry. Uh, also, Bama has allowed uh, a team in the red zone uh, one time in their past four games, and they kicked the, the field Citadel? goal. It, it was Citadel, and they kicked the field goal. <laughs> so, uh, that's... No, Citadel scored 10 points. Yeah, they, they that was a long run from the 40. Oh, yeah, oh. Just, oh. I'll, I can look, double check. So, I'm taking Bama big on this one. I think this is the... Shout out Rami Tabas. This is the steamer condo lock of the week. You can bet your condo on Miami Beach on this game. Uh, 
Clemson taking on Pitt in the ACC game. Woo-hoo. No one cares. Uh, 7 p.m. game. I agree with you. How the hell did this get night? And we got a morning game. I think it's allocated a long time ago. Um, Clemson's favored by 28 points. Yeah. I, I honestly don't think they cover because – I don't think they either. I don't think they cover that. I, I think – I mean, they don't really have much to play for. No need to really push guys once they go up by 20. So, uh, Clemson wins um, pretty easily in the first half, kind of coasting a really boring game in the second half. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just – it's hard to get up for it. And, and Pitt, like they lost to Miami last week. is awful. But, you know, win one for the Gipper. You know, you got nothing to lose type game. So, yeah, I like Pitt with the points. That's just too much conference championship. Shout out uh, 05 Texas 73 against Colorado. Uh, Northwestern versus Ohio, the Ohio State, 7 p.m. on Fox. Ohio State is minus 14. Urban was so due for last week for that big final push. He's you know he's just hanging on by a thread, both like with his health, with his conscious, with his football team, pretty much all over the place. Uh, and man, did he shove it down Harbaugh's throat? I was a little mad that they kept on trying to score at the end there because. Uh, shout out Demetrius Knox, PTF. He hurt his foot, so they're going to be without their starting right guard. But I'm taking Ohio State again. Northwestern's been asleep for like three weeks because they just clinched. So uh, her, Urban's just a wizard. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they sneak into this playoff, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, I'm gonna say. But I, I like Ohio State big. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Michigan-Ohio State game was pretty much the Big Ten championship game. So, um, yeah, I mean – Championship week, and here we are. Our All game right. is in the so. Real quick, who do you have in the playoff? Uh, uh, assuming we win, we're going to go Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and, and Ohio State. Uh, I think they do enough to convince the committee uh, to put them in, which is kind of bull, bull crap after they barely beat Maryland. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, the general cultural ball nation is kind of sick of – SEC getting multiple teams in, and I think Georgia doesn't do enough to uh, stay in the playoff uh, by getting blown out in the SEC championship. Just so we're clear, John, you had Bama, Clemson, Wisconsin, and uh, sorry, Bama, Clemson, Georgia, and then Wisconsin slash Michigan. So at the beginning wow. of the season, so you weren't you're not terrible. That was I had Bama, Clemson. Wisconsin and Washington, so I was off. But no, I agree. I think I'm going Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and I'm gonna go a little off the board, and I'm gonna put Georgia in as well. I'm that's still assuming that we win, but I think I don't know how, but I swear there's just some way that Georgia's gonna stick there. I don't know what it is. It's either gonna be Georgia or Ohio State to me, and I. I still I know it's crazy to say that they won't drop if they lose to Alabama, but if it's like a close game, which I don't think it really would be, but it's possible. And how would you not keep him in there? I think Georgia, assuming that we beat OU, I think Georgia's better than Ohio State. I agree. I agree. I just think they we've seen that before. Uh, we saw it last year. I don't know. It'd be interesting how they played out. I mean, there's a lot of politics that go into this, and uh, it'd be interesting to see how how it plays out with. Georgia and how they, I guess, what kind of fight they put up. But, I mean, it, let's just say OU wins if they do. 
Um, I think it would be interesting to see an OU offense versus Alabama defense, but OU's not going to win, so we're not going to see that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Georgia does. Um, but get your uh, – get ready. Two days, man, two days. There's a cold front coming into town, baby. Let's go. Everyone All just right. drive to Dallas. Even if you're not going to the game, just drive to Dallas. Go just have fun. sneak in. Jerry will let you in into this house. He's real nice. He's real happy. All right. Thank you for listening. If you listen this long, we really do appreciate it. We'll be back next week with smiles on our faces. Happy going to New Orleans. We'll be pumped. All right. Okay.